Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, July 6, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, we promised people that while we'd be off for the holiday, if we didn't have news on Thursday, we would have something in their feeds for them. And we did. We had a Tell Me More episode looking back at some of the shows, just some of the shows that I saw during my recent trip to New York. I had some really fantastic conversations with Rebecca Naomi Jones, who is currently in Fire in Dreamland at the Public Theater. also spoke with Derek, uh, Derek Delgadio, who is the star and creator of In and of It itself. And then Connor Ryan, who was one of the stars of Desperate Measures Off-Broadway. Really cool conversations to have. And it just kind of worked out that there was Rebecca, who's in a play, Connor, who's in a musical, and Derek, who's in this thing that I still don't know how to describe. And I think you understand because you've seen it. Like, I don't know how to describe that thing. Um, but some really great stuff. So if you uh, saw that in your feed, didn't know what it was, uh, take a listen and uh, go see these shows. They're all currently running off Broadway and they're all really, really different, but wonderful and fantastic in their own right. All right. So first up in the news is Second, oh stage, is second stage doing Groundhog Day. <laughs> That's funny. No, they are not. Uh, although, who knows? Something weird is going on over there. But yeah, um, it's something strange. Something weird is in the water over at the Helen Hayes Theater. Because following the June 25th announcement that Dennis Arndt would be replacing Tom Skerritt in the Broadway premiere of Straight White Men, today it was announced that Stephen Payne would be replacing Arndt. While no explanation was given for Skerritt's exit, Arndt is officially leaving the production due to, quote, creative differences. Now, the show, which canceled its first two performances last week, has now had three actors in the role of the father, Ed, in the past nine days. Payne has appeared as an understudy on Broadway in August Osage County, Superior Donuts in and of itself. The first and last were both directed by straight white men's Anna D. Shapiro and was the understudy for Ed when this all was going down. So it looks like they decided that instead of trying to find some actor with a modicum of star power, they would just keep this change in house and give him a chance since he's already at least theoretically knows the part a little bit. Now, James, I'm, I'm happy for Payne to get the opportunity to create a role since he's been an understudy in all of his previous Broadway productions. But uh, I don't know why it makes me a little worried. Um, you know, I don't know if there's necessarily fire to go with this smoke, but something looks strange. But either way, Straight White Men co-starring Josh Charles, Army Hammer and more is still apparently scheduled to open on July 23rd. OK, so uh, we'll keep our eyes yeah. on on that. Uh, do they have a show tonight? Um, I mean, they should. I, I haven't heard anything about it being canceled. Yeah. But again, because Payne has always been the understudy for this role, you know, chances are he doesn't need a whole lot of pickup time. Oh, yeah. okay. They could have done a pickup rehearsal to, uh, you know, get him ready. But, uh, you know, I wish the best for him. And it's uh, not how you want to do a uh, broad, your second Broadway show ever for second stage. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. So uh, next up in the news, Avenue Q alumni returns to celebrate its 15th anniversary. Yeah, 15th-ish anniversary, but yeah. we'll get to that. Um, so this is a lot of fun, though. Yesterday, the producers of Avenue Q announced that to celebrate the 15th anniversary of their Broadway opening, they will have two weeks of special performances as they bring back former cast members and alums from the show to recreate their parts. We will have the complete 
list of when and what stars will be in the show in the show notes. So check that out. But some of the returning stars will be the original Brian and Christmas Eve, Jordan Gelber and Anne Harada. They'll be performing together. Original Kate monster. Stephanie Diabruzzo is going to do a few performances, national tour stars and former tell me more guests, Rob McClure and Maggie Lakis will be uh, doing a show together. She actually was in the original cast of the off Broadway return. This is going to get a little confusing as I start to uh, name these, but uh, so she'll be there. The original, Original puppeteers Jennifer Barnhart and Rick Lyon will be back. Anika Larson, who played Kate Monster in the original off-Broadway return cast, will do a show. Barrett Foa, who played uh, Princeton on Broadway. And, of course, the original Princeton and Rod, John Tartaglia, will be back as well. Then, which I think is a really nice touch, the current off-Broadway cast will get to come back together after some of them have been subbed in and out to do the actual official 15th anniversary show on July 31st. In addition, there will be giveaways during these two weeks, and the original cast and creators will do a concert on July 30th at 54 Below. There'll be two performances, actually. Now, James, it's interesting to me uh, that they're doing this during the summer to celebrate 15 years since the Broadway opening, rather than in March to celebrate 15 years since it opened originally off Broadway. But either way, I think this is awesome. There have been so many talented folks to come through that show over the past decade and a half. I remember when I first heard the cast recording, my mouth was on the floor about how funny this is. And I've seen a couple of regional productions and it. It still really, really holds up. And so Dennis Arndt wasn't in the original Avenue Q, was he? Uh, No, he was a replacement. He replaced somebody. Yeah. And then, okay, good. (laughs) 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 I was trying to figure out some sort of Avenue Q joke or some sort of Civil War, Second Civil War joke, things like that. Mm. Oh, Martha. Yeah, exactly. All right. What do we have in the recommendation section? All right, I've got three things. I'll go through them real quick. The first, we love these uh, NBC Nightly News 360 videos. They always do some really cool ones. And I got to tell you, video quality-wise, this might be the best 360-degree video I've ever seen. This was uh, this one's for the opening number of Waitress Opening Up. has Catherine McPhee um, at the center of it, and it's really, really good quality, um, or at least it was when I saw it. And I, I can tell you, I, I didn't really talk about this one much when I went and saw – Shows back in March. It was the first time I saw Waitress, but I really like this show. Like, I don't know why. It's just something I, I really enjoy it. So uh, check out that video. And then here's a couple articles, James, that I wanted to mention. One you sent over. The first one is from the BBC. The headline is Stage Actors Rage at Audience Members Watching World Cup on Phones. <laughs> yes, uh, we don't really care about the World Cup here normally, uh, but especially this time because the United States didn't make it. But during a production or a performance of Titanic at the Nottingham Theatre Royal, Kieran Brown uh, was a little distracted at times. He said in a social media post, quote, dumbfounded, two ladies, one older, one middle-aged, slap bang front row, clearly watching football on phones during the most poignant moment of lifeboat scene, cheering and giggling, like stupid schoolgirls. Now, what happened here is if you are following along, the British team, the English team, uh, went to penalty kicks, uh, for lack of a better term, um, or, or, or kicks from the from the point um, to decide their round of 16 game. And apparently this overlapped with this production or with this performance. So there were multiple people cheering along with each each kick made, each goal scored by the English team during this performance. So uh, I can't imagine what would have happened 
if this occurred during a performance that Patti Lapone was in, but oh man, oh man. Um, and then this other article, which is a little more in depth, a little more newsworthy. It comes from uh, the New York Times, Michael Paulson, and it dives into the machinations of the company Global Creatures, which is the producers behind four different musicals on three continents. Moulin Rouge and King Kong here in the States, Strictly Ballroom in London, and Muriel's Wedding in Australia. We've talked about all of these um, over the over the last year or so. Uh, Global Creatures made a huge amount of money from this Walking the Dino- Walking with Dinosaurs arena thing. They made a reported $455 million from, from that, and a lot of that money is being used to – fund some of their more theatrical endeavors. $75 million apparently has been invested in those four productions. 36.5 in King Kong, 28 in Moulin Rouge. Simon Phillips, who is the director kind of leading Muriel's wedding development, said, speaking of global creatures, quote, they've got a cash cow in the animatronics and they don't actively need theater but they believe in it. So they're making this money off some of their other stuff and funneling it back into the theater because they believe in not only the shows that they're doing, but theater in general. There's a a really funny line uh, from Paulson in here. He talks about the anticipatory schadenfreude, uh, hearkening back to Avenue Q, um, uh, surrounding King Kong coming to Broadway. He says, quote, because of the level of spectacle and spending is sight unseen, King Kong is already drawing comparisons to the high-flying but ill-fated Spider-Man turn off the dark. Now, James, I think you and I are both on record, or at least I am. I'm really interested in this show. Uh, it's had a pretty tumultuous you know, decade of development, but there's a reason that people haven't given up on it. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what this is like. But either way, when you have a big behemoth not King Kong, but global creatures coming into the space. I I'm, I really appreciate their willingness to invest money into the theater. And I hope that all of these shows, um, you know, find some success. Strictly ballroom didn't get great reviews, but murals wedding got fantastic reviews in Australia. They're getting ready to do a commercial run. I've listened to the cast album. It is wonderfully fun. Um, and of course, you know, I super excited about uh, Moulin Rouge and King Kong. So we'll see what happens. I am exactly on the same page as you. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. Uh, we keep seeing little updates from Danny Burstein coming out of uh, the Moulin yep. Rouge up in uh, Boston. And uh, King Kong is, is making his way to the top of the Empire State Building. And so uh, <laughs> I wonder where they're going to hold the cast party. It would be great if it was on the top of the Empire State Building. Or oh, that would be awesome. Have some yeah. sort of uh, some sort of promotion when when this finally opens up. All right. Uh, so we can't complain about companies coming to spend money on Broadway. Uh, I can't complain about that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. What else do you have in other news? Okay, so I've got some stories that since we've been on and off the past few days that I wanted to get to. First, a Bronx Tale announced a handful of cast changes for the remainder of the show's Broadway run, including their part-time Sonny, Chaz Palminteri. Um, he'll be playing some additional performances as the normal original Sonny, Nick Cordero, has officially exited the production. 
Next, yesterday it was announced that Tony winner Roger Bart will play Rooster and Spring Awakenings' Ali Stroker will play the star to be in the Hollywood Bulls' Annie later this month. Directed by Michael Arden, the cast is now complete. If you want to see all of the orphans, I didn't want to go through all their names, we'll have a link to the full cast in the site. Now, James, real quick, uh, trivia question here. What show did uh, Roger Bart win his Tony for? Uh, uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Very good. Snoopy. Yeah. You're you're a good, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. I just always assume it's the producers, but I think Gary Beach won in that category. Uh, but it was it was uh, playing Snoopy, and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Very good. I'm impressed. Um, on Thursday, it was also confirmed that the first foreign language production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is coming to Germany, Hamburg to be specific, uh, in the spring of 2020. And much like happened to the lyric in New York, and is happening to the Curran in San Francisco in anticipation of that production, the theater, which I am not going to butcher its very German name, will, quote, undergo an extensive redesign starting in May of 2019. So uh, they are wasting no time making this thing a huge cash cow all around the world. Interestingly enough, and I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, Jack Thorne, who just won a Tony for writing the, the play for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, also uh, took a crack at the book for uh, King Kong. So uh, he definitely is is doing things big nowadays. But uh, yesterday we also heard that LCT3 has extended Antoinette Nwandu's Passover for an extra week and will now play through July 22nd. And sadly, James, it's the end of an era because yesterday it was announced that Friends! Exclamation point, the musical parody will close at St. Luke's Theater on July 22nd. Thank you. Yeah, that we didn't plan that ahead of time, but uh, I put it in the script and I appreciate you doing it. But it is four claps. Don't let anyone tell you it's five claps. It's four claps. It's. But anyway, anyway, um, we will have information on all of those stories in the show notes if you want to check out uh, BroadwayRadio.com. I think you have a uh, future in Foley. So that'll, that'll be good. Yeah, between the claps and I, I often knock on wood, but that's really all I have uh, at my immediate disposal. But I'll leave the guy from SpongeBob. I'll let him do that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if you focus on the things you're good at, become the best at those. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like a writer, write what you know. And all I know is clapping and knocking on wood. All right. So why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. James, today is Friday, I think. Yeah. So do you have anything planned for this weekend that I don't know about? Um, well, it was going to be a surprise, but uh, I'm going to go okay. to Schmackery's and get the new Frosty. So, oh, there's a Frosty at Schmackery's. Huh? There's mm-hmm. some sort of new, new drink that they've uh, released, and it looked way too good on Twitter. So uh, I'm sure it's four hundred thousand dollars, but we're going to talk to Nancy Anderson on this week on Broadway about uh, a new musical based on Anne of Anne of Green Gables. So we're going to talk to Nancy Anderson, and um, rumor has it that Jenna Tessa Fox and uh, Jan Simpson are also working on. Uh, spotlight and stagecraft shows as well, but I'm not sure you're going to be ready for this weekend. But we have cool. a lot of a lot of stuff coming up, so uh, come on back and take a listen to us on Sunday for this week on Broadway. And Matt and I will be back on Monday. <laughs>